0: Greg Otto. We hope that you are all well as the pandemic continues to unfold, and we will continue to have podcasts for you in the coming weeks as we all find ways to pass the time while sheltering in place. One of the biggest worries right now from a cybersecurity perspective is healthcare facilities being hit with ransomware attacks while they try to balance the onslaught their organizations are facing due to COVID-19. Of course, ransomware has long been a problem before the pandemic emerged, yet it seems like criminals are leveraging this moment in time to take advantage of everybody being distracted. Cybersecurity companies across the world are doing what they can to root out these criminal types, whether they live on the clear web or dark web marketplaces where they are known to peddle their wares. In this interview, I talked with Adam Dara, Director of Intelligence at Vigilante, a company that feeds intel from the dark web to their customers in order to protect their brands. Adam and I talk about tracking down those responsible for ransomware campaigns, why human threat intel can be a little bit better than automated threat intel, and whether the cybersecurity community will ever move past its victim-shaming tendencies. Check it out. Okay, joining us now is Adam Dara, Director of Intelligence for Vigilante. Adam, really appreciate you having aboard board with us. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the discussion. Talk to us a little bit about your role inside Vigilante and what Vigilante has done to grow because I know it was spun out of InfoArmor and we've had InfoArmor on the podcast before, but interested to hear how Vigilante has grown.
1: Yeah, happy to do that. My role as Director of Intelligence is coordinating intelligence gathering efforts and analytic deliverables to our various clients. So most clients have standing intelligence requirements uh, against which we go out and then acquire information based on those needs. Uh, we also do ad hoc requirements for our, for our clients. Uh, moreover, as we're out in the threat space and we come across something tangentially uh, in the process of an investigation, we'll alert we'll alert on uh, more salacious and what we judge to be more damaging information, even if the corporation is not one of our clients. So, uh, our play space is the underground economy, the dark web. Uh, uh, that's where we shine the most as far as our deliverables and the quality of our intelligence. Uh, Vigilante's been, it's been a quite a ride. Uh, I left federal service about a year and a half ago and uh, about two months into the into my uh, leaving and joining InfoArmor as the director of intelligence, Allstate acquired InfoArmor. It was excellent. Almost a year to the day later, uh, we were reincorporated as a separate entity away from InfoArmor. It's given us a lot more freedom uh, to go out and pursue a business model or maybe perhaps be a lot more aggressive in the underground economy than perhaps we were before, which is one of the reasons they wanted to spin us off. We had some bleeding edge ideas. Uh, Some would say uh, an aggressive intelligence collection strategy to get out there and do right by our customers and in turn by their customers, which is the end user people at the end of the day.
0: The dark web, we like to, I think most people think of it as this spooky, hacker hoodie filled area and while it's not this ghost flickering in the background, there is some danger there because obviously there are the forums are out there with tons of data. What are you seeing in terms of that data and what's been really, really popular? And what have you been seeing in first trends in the past like six, 12 months?
1: Yeah, trends in the last six months, I would say, just in the space we play in. And I want to zoom out one layer just to give people an idea the dark web is not just criminal activity complete anonymity is almost impossible uh, dark web interface the the tools the software that's used to communicate within dark web forums and in dark web communities also helps uh, politically you know ostracized minorities to get together and chat sexual minorities in repressed countries and in authoritarian regimes it allows them to communicate with each other so it's not just a place where body parts are sold <laughs> and people steal things. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very robust and very interesting ecosystem of individuals around the world. So that's just one thing. It's, it's, okay. it's a place where, it's where the internet was in the early 90s, really. Okay. Um, kind of this wild, wild west capitalist, unregulated entity. Uh, a lot of awesome things are done in that space, but criminals, because it allows you uh, some bit of anonymity to operate, it, it allows criminals to communicate with each other, trade goods and services. Unfortunately, what we're seeing right now is uh, the use of ransomware to go after tier two, four kind of hands-off areas, meaning hospitals. Uh, okay, we're, we're seeing them not only infiltrate uh, a hospital's network; they'll hold it ransom and say, "Oh, we promise, uh, we promise, uh, if you pay us, we will go away and give you your data back." It's all a lie. And this is what's been interesting: is that instead of having some kind of uh, moral compass they don't give the data back they still sell it or expose it for free in the clear deep end or dark web you know we're seeing this uh, the moral compass kind of shifting in at least in the space we play in uh but you know as far as the the, the, the criminals they're they're pivoting to they're, they're they're moving into a space that before it was we'll steal from you if you're irresponsible but you know hospitals
0: Right, the, the hospital part is something that is interesting to me in the fact that it, has that been the the motion going for a while now? Because I feel like it, people think dark web and you see the, the commercials from like Experian where it's your credit card number is definitely on the dark web so please give us money to make sure that your credit card number isn't on the dark web. So is it the trend moving that it's less and less financial crime and more and more personal data that we're seeing in terms of hospitals or government data or or something more along those lines?
1: The underground economy is held to the same economic rules that the real economy is held to, right? Supply and demand. In the real economy, uh, personally identifiable information, your health records, they're a hot commodity. And uh, they are legally brokered here above ground. And that's not illegal. Even voter registration lists. I mean, you know, people use RPII to determine what kind of products to bring to market. Okay, so that is mirrored in the underground economy. Except they're not asking our permission; they're taking it and they're stealing not only from us, but they're also undermining very large institutions who have to then spend millions and millions of dollars that would otherwise be reinvested in its product or in its people or in in those pensions, and the list goes on and on. So things like an Experian type, you know, dark web monitoring has a lot of utility because not too long ago I I, I had to take a phone call where. A gentleman was conned his 401k provider was socially engineered out of all this man's 401k he had retired about two weeks prior yikes and um, they asked for our help and 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 as soon as that money hits an account it's gone right you know and so these things are real and again this is not to scare people but what I'm saying is you know those types of alert services are viable It, it means something because at the end of the day like we should take steps to protect our hard-earned dollars because again, the criminals in the underground are not asking our permission to get our information and then to steal from our providers and to steal from us.
0: With traditional, more commonplace cybersecurity tools, especially in the threat intelligence side, a lot of it is automated based on what crawlers or sensors are picking up in terms of information. With the dark web, obviously there is a more human component. Talk about that a little bit more and how important you find the human aspect.
1: Absolutely, technology has a place and there are wonderful companies out there pioneering the technology to ensure that there are no blind spots in the underground economy that we're not missing, kind of the no duh areas. You, you have to make sure you have eyes on that even if they're scrapers. It definitely has a place and it's a, it's a valuable tool. But it's simply not enough to ensure that clients are completely protected to the best that's available, right? I mean, you're not going to catch everything, unfortunately. But the underground economy, these le- when, and when I say legitimate, I mean threat actors that have proven themselves to be very good at their jobs, very good at stealing, and very good at eluding the uh, law enforcement and researchers alike. The human advantage that we have is we have human expertise on our side. Uh, We've gone head-to-head with some wonderful companies who rely more on the automation, the scraping, and our human operatives, each time they're tested, always have won so far when a company has asked us, are these guys legitimate, yes or no? Our guys know the community. They know these threat actor groups. They're expert. They've blended into the criminal environment for almost 15 years. They understand how these things work, and they all know each other. And so, you know, you can't ever substitute human expertise, human intuition, uh, when you're conducting these types of investigations. Technology is a wonderful tool, and scraping is, and the technology behind scraping is essential. And we should should maintain that to make sure that we're not missing anything. But when you need us to go dig down and to really get at the heart of what's going on with these serious serious criminal groups, you know, you need a you need a human. Have you seen
0: anything that has surprised you? I mean, I know we were talking about, in terms of the dark web, there's the, like you said, the drugs and the guns and all of that. But in terms of the investigations with data breaches and what you're investigating, has anything surprised you that you have found?
1: There have been a couple cases uh, that have absolutely surprised me. And, and and it's been more of the fact that when our guys are have been tested to the limits, they can actually return real and meaningful results and information. A very large client of ours was contacted by by a major media outlet okay. saying, a threat actor has contacted us, they're on your systems, they know everything and they're gonna go public. And this was a reputable news organization who was contacted by a source, a reputable source, the threat actor, okay? This major company deployed a handful of our teams, like okay. a, a handful of threat intel teams. We were one of I think three that were called up to like, hey, find out about this because this is serious. Our guys came back with, they're their, their clowns. They don't have it. Okay. They're lying. The other two companies came back and said, no, you should take it seriously. You should absolutely take it seriously. Turns out they were lying. And because again, that community is small. That community knows each other. Okay, And it's, it's one of those things that gives you goosebumps. You're very honored to be associated with true professionals who have spent their entire lives living in the dark, living in the shadows, but have never lost view of the light. Right? They've maintained their moral compass. They've maintained their integrity. Because it's hard when you're on a target for so long, you can sometimes become the target you become like the target. Okay. You begin to think like the target and, and act in, in small ways like the target, and then all of a sudden you look back, they're like, I think I'm, I'm a criminal now. But our, our, our professional intel teams are, they blow me away on, on a regular basis. We all say that we have this great capability, but it's humbling and it's really a special thing when, when we can come through, not at the expense of the, of the competition. I don't believe it was at, at the expense of, of the other. Okay. It's just that you know, our system can work, But you got to give us a chance, you know, and you give us give us something to find and our guys will find it.
0: So going back to the ransomware example that you brought up, is that a trend that you're seeing in that when ransomware is deployed, the people that are deploying it, they're never going to give the data back. It's just just, it's just destructive. There's no real. There might be the hope for financial gain in that they hope they get a ransom, but they don't care whether they get that ransom or not in terms of giving the data back. Like that's not what
1: is actually going to happen. They don't just have one victim. They work at a time. They make sure that they have several victims that they've contacted. They know that some will pay. Most will pay, actually, because we want it to go away, which we, we can talk about how that's, you know, that, that, that mindset can the shaming mindset we have when people make mistakes is rather dangerous, and this is one of the symptoms of that. is Is that you know people are afraid for things to go public when they've when they've yep. made a human error or a mistake. Yep. And we need to, I, I wish we could get out of the shaming business. It, it's really it's not good for America or for the world. But um, so yeah, that's what they do. They they have a handful of clients. Say they have five clients that they've they're blackmailing. If three pay the tens of thousands of dollars to keep them to shut up, and two say go pound sand. They're still making six figures. So they don't care. Moreover, the moral compass is almost non-existent with some, a couple of the groups out there that are doing this. And not only do they shut down hospitals for a handful of hours, they'll uh, they'll publish very embarrassing and confidential uh, patient data. And so sometimes they'll offer it for free. Here, take it. You know, so it's it's really too bad.
0: Let's talk about that shaming part of it or, or- Uh, how that fits into the community right now because I think about this a lot when we uh, write stories and especially from my perspective while I write that somebody might have been hacked it has to be pretty egregious for us to be like this was bad like I think Equifax personally I thought that was pretty egregious
1: what do you do against a foreign a state you know what i mean like how what were they supposed to do you know um, and again like i am please i'm not picking on the media cuz I, I, I No, no i'm no, not picking I, that's that's not what i'm saying just that's fine what i'm saying is um, you know equifax okay insert you know re- find and replace any major corporation you know because what can you do when the power of an entire nation state is behind you unlimited resources the best training in the world and let's not make any mistake about this. You know, countries like Russia, China, Iran, you know, they're not to be toyed with in that realm. They're very good. North Korea as right. well. You know, th- these are very, very professional and very, very good um, intelligence officers. Cause that's what it is it's an intelligence gathering operation right which is different from a criminal okay you know traditional criminal act you know tr- intelligence operations are meant to gain an advantage over your political adversary or your foreign policy adversary right what's very pertinent to that for countries like China North Korea Russia and, and maybe some other more friendly nations okay but, you know they they want to know who we are what we're about what we're doing uh with China and North Korea a lot of it's economic because they want economic advantages sure. you know so when an entire nation-state targets your network, that could be anybody. Yeah, the nation-state you
0: know? aspect is definitely one. That's the part that I don't blame Equifax for. I really Absolutely. meant it from like a technical aspect. Absolutely. Where the, 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 the Apache part of it is what I think about and go, well, that, that has been out there for forever. Where if you look at something like a Capital One, where a tremendous amount of information taken, I don't think that they should be shamed. That was yeah. uh, allegedly taken by somebody that was at one time high up in uh, AWS, knew the architecture inside, outside, upside and down, mm. you're not going to be able to to guard against that. So yeah. looking at Capital One for shaming or in an anger perspective, I just yeah. don't see it. And I look at it also from the perspective of if a bank branch gets robbed, nobody is like shame on that bank unless they let the vault door open. Yeah. Can you believe and,
1: those and, tellers didn't, no, yeah, is the yeah. The, the tellers didn't
0: say no when the gun was pointed yeah. in their face. Like, I don't think yeah. there's enough of that in cybersecurity yet, where it's, look, crimes happen. And as long as you're not being incredibly egregious, you, you can go public with it without worrying about people pointing a finger in your face to say, well, you're really to blame
1: here. You're right. And, you know, you know this, this whole idea of what's happening right now in, in technology, we are making such magnificent strides to better mankind. Humankind is, is being blessed beyond belief right now, but, you know, it is a dysfunctional relationship. The consumers are super excited about all the cool things we get, and tech is super excited about all the cool things we agree to let them use about us you know again so it's been a really dysfunctional relationship the tech is changing so fast that tech is blessing the lives of millions and millions of people every second but then there's a cost we're still trying to figure out the right balance of okay what is reporting what is you know bullying for example for example you know we were out in front of a, of a campaign we we're about four to five months out in front of, okay. a, of, a, of a ransomware campaign okay we found Happenstance. We were investigating something else, and our guys found the hideout. <laughs> where, okay. they were, where they were stashing the loot. Okay. Where we found it. And I alerted all five companies. I came in through the front door. Okay. I'm Adam Dara. I'm with Vigilante. Here's my LinkedIn profile. I'm going to send you an email as well as, as I need to speak to a security professional. I got a 0% return on my attempts to notify that, hey, you've 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 been again I'm cold calling him. Who am I? I'm nobody. Nobody knows who Adam Dara is. I mean my high school teachers barely remember me, you know? (laughs) And I went to a small high school in Louisiana. They're like Adam Dara, that California boy who didn't belong, you know. (laughs) We're still getting used to the threat environment. We're still getting used to how how to have a healthy relationship with our security wing. We're getting used to how, how do we have a Comfortable on a secure relationship with this vendor. Who's this guy? What is Thread Intel? You know what is intelligence? This is why we at Vigilante, especially our intel team, you know, we really value the human relationship with our clients, and we don't, you know, we don't write on these things when something like egregious has been done. We're, we're we want to repo, we want to repossess your information. That's yours, not the criminals. Uh, we'll tell you where it is, but um, we're not here to shake you down. But yeah, so I, I think in the next three to five years, I, I hope we kind of have a more functional relationship with each other. Tech, comma, companies, comma, consumers, and the threat intel world. You know, we need to find a way to coexist and not not become clickbait.
0: Adam, really appreciate your insights. Uh, great conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Greg. Awesome to talk to you thanks again to Adam for joining us. Really great conversation. And we will have more conversations for you from our time spent at RSA in the coming days and weeks. So stay tuned. And as always, stay curious.